hidden behind closed doors. This is Beer and Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? 1985's Reanimator. Enough said. <laughs> Jason, what are we drinking? We're drinking Clockhouse's Black Lager 4.5%, and they're sponsoring our show. Absolutely. We drink mine right out of the can. Uh, this was trip back home, Clockhouse's in Cedar Rapids. We did a little day trip down there, mm. reached out to them. They said, this is the kind of thing we're way into. That's a nice beer, isn't it? Yeah. Pilsner and a dark roasted malt, bitter with German noble hops. We've done one or two black lagers. I the one I remember is uh, Mumford. Um, sadly, Mumford closed. That's sad. Uh, we did uh, Ooh, Night of the really Creeps, yeah. but this yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's easy drinking. Everybody thinks they, yeah. they look at it, they go, "It's a dark beer. It's gonna be super heavy," but it's a lager. It's yeah. an easy yeah. drinking beer. It's just Roasty. roast. Yeah, ice uh, cold. That's delicious. That's good. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Reanimator. <laughs> A Lovecraft movie. Absolutely. Man. Lovecraft I, in the title. Stuart, Stuart Gordon. <laughs> Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon has been, was probably the most prolific person making Lovecraft movies. Totally agree. Even though, I mean, this deviates a lot from the from the source material. Which you've read recently. Yes, I did. And, you know, it it does. It deviates a lot, but it also keeps a few things. You know, um, this one's a little nastier. <laughs> and it's got Barbara Crampton. Boyhood crush of mine. Yeah, she's and young in this movie, and she looks fine. She looks great. It has a scene I don't think you would pull off today. It's got an <laughs> iconic scene. Everybody, if you've seen it, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. So no, it's uh, Jeffrey Combs as yeah. Herbert West, who I think is one of the best Lovecraft actors. And he had no, he was not into Lovecraft when he did this. He had no concept, not, not, had read nothing. But he's Herbert West. This movie's over the top. Yeah. And, he, and Jeffrey Combs is an actor who is completely embraced genre cinema from tv absolutely to movies he yeah. played in star trek enterprise i mean i think in almost all the recent editions of star trek he's played a character love him he's made movies for fred olin ray and then he also does i, I think and we weren't able to do it but he did um like a stage adaptions called like a one man's play of edgar Allan poe where yes. you play poe all around remarkable actor i i really like him he's oh, an odd looking dude i love it no I, he <laughs> he embraces the weird yeah, and, and I, yeah he he found his he found his lane and he totally went with it yeah i'm a huge fan he kind of makes this movie he is he so does. good he is so good i'm i'm not going to say like oscar worthy but no in this movie he owns this character him and david gell <laughs> I mean, really, the acting across the board. Dean Halsey, Robert Sampson, he's great. Bruce Abbott yeah. is just the you know the handsome schnook, you know. <laughs> so, well, simply let's spoiler alert: Look. Herbert West, he's discovered how to reanimate people. The six to twelve minute window, you have to get beyond that. Yeah. What I kind of love though is the whole idea that I've been able to break the twelve minute window, yeah. and and it's like. You're bringing people back, but they're murderous psychos. Well, that, they're just a bunch of monsters. <laughs> so, is that really? Did you do anything good? I mean, you're not. It's not like it's not like you're dead for an hour, Jason, yeah. and I bring you back, and it's just you now. Yeah. No, it would be Jason comes back and is a murderous psychopath. <laughs> well, that's my thing with Herbert West. Like, insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Yeah. Because all his outcomes are the same way, and yet he still thinks like. One day, I'm going to hit that magic reagent formula where it's going to be like, oh, hey. I mean, but you do. You have to keep trying. He's trying different, you know, levels. Herbert West, 
I like Jeffrey Combs' character. I like the Herbert West character. But when you sit, like when you sit back and look at it, his character's a psychopath. Oh, he's nuts. <laughs> he's he's flipping loony, <laughs> loony tunes, man. You don't want to be this guy's neighbor. What's what's interesting in in the story? Just because I I've read it again, I will try not to do that too yeah. much. But the narrator, who is Bruce Abbott's character, yeah. Dan Kane. I keep wanting to say Dean Kane, that actor who played Exa- Superman. Me too. Same, I, but it's Dan Kane. <laughs> He doesn't have a name in the story, but yeah. that's who it is. He's yeah. the narrator of the story. In the story, he says, they're together for years. Yeah. And he talks about how he started getting uncomfortable because he'd see Herbert West would look at him with yeah. a, in a certain yeah. way. Like he like he was he'd be like, ah, you're, you're on the list. You're on the list, buddy. Yeah. You know? so, but great open yeah. it jumps right into it which this opening was apparently it was out it was in and it was out it yeah. was in and it was out he's in switzerland all these people are going into a doctor's office and they go in and this guy gets up and his eyes explode he's yeah. screaming he's turning purple yeah <laughs> and there's herbert west saying you know dr gruber yeah. you know can you describe what you're feeling yeah. <laughs> you know? like trying to get notes because he is a scientist yeah Richard Band did the music. Yeah, it, which sounds exactly like Psycho. It, it is, and, and it is it, Psycho. It is a great score. Yeah. It is, and it is. It's very much Psycho. The opening credit sequence is Robert Dawson. Awesome. Super cool credit sequence. Which you mentioned about Herbert West asking Dr. Hans Gruber, how are you feeling? I think of in The Princess Bride when the man <laughs> with the six fingers is like, tell me your pain level. It's like very quiet. Like, tell me what you're feeling at this time. <laughs> To blame yeah. means to bluff. <laughs> but what happens to Herbert West? The Swiss authorities are arresting him. Yeah. Because what was the question that was asked him? Like, did you do this or... No, I gave him life. He addresses the camera. Yeah. So you know it's a, they, this is going to be a fun. Yeah. Because he looks Campy. at us. They Campy. did They did a couple takes. They did one where he's not looking at the camera. And then they said, now nah, the one where he's looking at the camera. That's the one that works. Yeah. And then we go, Dan Kane. Bruce Abbott. Yeah. He's trying to save somebody. And he's a, not a doctor. He's in med school. Yeah. But he's a, trying to save someone. He's yeah. in CPR. And you see that he's not giving up. And finally, they just have to call it. And it's funny Dr. that... Dr. Herod. Yes. Who is Stuart Gordon's wife. Interesting. She's in a lot of his movies. And he killed her often. <laughs> she, <laughs> she was killed. You know, bad things would happen to her quite often. Now, I'm just saying this movie is booked in. We're starting, you know, we had the opening scene in Switzerland, but really we're starting the movie with Dan trying yes. to save someone. And I, it, I might mistakenly call him Bruce Abbott, the actor's real name, but it's Dan who's trying to save someone. Well, so we are we're drinking. Gonna, yeah, we know we're going to end with a bookend where Dan's going to be doing something. Well, and Jason, this you mentioned before when we were getting ready for this episode, you you, you said, it, it, why would this guy go along with Herbert West's yeah. crackpot bringing the dead back to life thing? This, to me, lays the foundation for that. This is a guy, he doesn't give up, and just the idea of people dying makes him uncomfortable. He doesn't want that. So if somebody says some evidence of, I can bring the dead back to life, stop the dying process, that makes him a little more susceptible to that, even though Herbert West is a nut nut job. (laughs) We're interested in Dr. Hill and Herbert West and Dean Halsey. So all, some of our main players, this is not a big cast at all. And it's, all interiors. There's yeah. a couple establishing shots outside. And Dean Halsey is raving about Dan Kane. 
He is going to change medical history. He's a source of pride at Miskatonic University. Which is great because he just went down to the morgue. He took a body to the morgue and he was so squeamish. Yeah. Like he's going by bodies and he's making a face. He's he's like, ooh, full house in here. And and I'm sorry. I mean, like most people would be, but I would think a third year medical student would be like, maybe not like whatever, but at least be able to go into a morgue, drop off a body and leave without making a bunch of ew faces. You know what I'm saying? And Dr. Hill, he's like burning a hole in a yeah. head. You His know, new laser treatment of brain <laughs> surgery. Like, like laser scalpel. <laughs> and it's like you're just, you have a blowtorch. You just torch a people's head. David Gale, he was in the brain. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> He was in the brain, a movie we did. Yeah. And he's working on brains. He does the evil guy well. He, he does. He would have fit in well in like Universal Pictures back in the 40s, you know. It isn't one of the things when you read about this movie that he's wearing a hairpiece. The thing is, it wasn't because he needed it. It was because his hair wasn't the right color. Yeah. But because they did it because of the head. Yeah. Later, because they had the head, it was cheaper for them to give him a wig than it was for them to change the hair on the head. And some of the scenes are like, that is a really bad. Oh, that that's a helmet. That is a helmet of hair. But we're also introduced to Herbert West. And Dean Halsey, oddly enough, is introducing a student. So a dean of a medical school is not going to introduce every single new student. He's taking the time to introduce the student who clearly has to have a record from Switzerland. Hans Gruber, his yeah. mentor. Hans Gruber. It was Hans Gruber, right? It was. Yes. That, I mean, that guy's pretty legendary. Yes. It seems like he was a pretty legendary character. So, I mean, this is probably a prize get. You know, like a free agent. We got him at our little Miskatonic. Also, you have to do it because it's the way the plot goes. And Herbert West character disses. Oh, Dr. Hill, right in front of the dean. He is so snarky. He is so high-handed. He's got the, he's giving him the hi-hat. It's like, he is. He is so condescending to Dr. Hill, who invented, you know, the laser scalp or whatever. He's in his own world. He is a huge deal. Also, I guess he had some influence. He used some work from uh, Dr. Gruber. And basically, Herbert West intimates that you ripped him off. I think Dr. Hill, I, I don't even think that he created that laser thing I, I think he steals everything i think he's one of those guys who's talented but also is like pretty good at like yeah. knowing how talented but how not to creative. steal without yes, yeah exactly exactly there you go <laughs> i like that talented but not creative they have this great little pissing contest so to speak because when he mentions dr hans gruber you see the face on dr hill Kind of uncomfortable that you mentioned that guy who I yeah. might have stealed a lot of stuff from. <laughs> well, and they both they both do this thing where where they go, um, what was it, Jason? Yeah, exactly. Like, like I just met you, but I don't. I'm not. It's like I'm gonna just demean you a little bit by like, oh, what was it? Yeah, Doctor Hill. What was your weight, uh, Herbert? <laughs> Harry. I love Dan needs a roommate. Yeah, he Dan, lives at six six six, six, six Darkmore. Dark <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie's <laughs> cheeky. If nothing else, is cheeky, man. That's not the address I ever went. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know. I'd visit it. I don't know if I'd want to live there, but then we go to Barbara Crampton. Oh, yeah. Childhood crush. She's also an actress who's Classic really... Classic scream queen. Yeah. Like, I started in this genre. The genre's made my, my career. I really enjoy it. And she is gorgeous. Nice body. She's great. Yeah. We meet Megan. her. Yep, Megan Halsey. And the thing is, Jason, she's like probably the most on the freaking nose in this movie because she when she meets Herbert West, she's just, eh, my she's, skin's crawling. She's trying to give her boyfriend, Dan, like, don't take this guy Walk as a roommate. After we meet her, 
she and Dan, they're in bed. Yeah. They're having sex, yeah. but they have a Talking Heads poster. I was going to point out. Talking Heads <laughs> Stop Making, making Sense. sense. <laughs> which, which is great because... Well, because at that time, that was huge. Yeah. So it totally makes sense. But within the context of this movie, it is so perfect. It's just an Easter egg saying, hey, this is going to be tongue-in-cheek. I'm going to say it. I'll try not to do too. I listen to commentary because I own a, 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 so do I. a special edition with like a bunch of commentaries <laughs> and stuff. One of the commentaries is actor Bruce Abbott. Is It's him, Jeffrey Combs, Robert Sampson, Barbara Crampton. A lot of fun. And he says, I didn't even know that was there. He didn't know the Talking Heads poster was there. And they all just kind of went, wait, are you serious? And he went, no, I, I didn't recognize. I didn't know that was there. And we get a call ahead instead yeah. of a call back. Yeah. Rufus the cat jumps on his back. Yeah. An important character. Yeah. So Dan, post-coital, <laughs> he's going to mess around with Megan. And he puts a sheet over his head and sits up like he's a zombie. Which is a call for to the movie. <laughs> and he's like going after her. She's like, stop. She's being like, stop, Dan. Stop, oh, so Dan. Cutesy, stop playing. Cutesy, yeah, cutesy. exactly. And that's when Herbert West knocks on the door. <laughs> yes. They open the door and, oh, sorry. And he's like, hey, didn't I meet you today? It's yeah. like, wouldn't you remember this iconic moment when like the, the biggest person in the school yeah. and this new student <laughs> were just like talking trash to each other in the, in the morgue? <laughs> you know? But he says, hey, you know what? You're looking for a roommate, and Dan's looking around. This place is trash. Yeah. And Herbert West, one of the things, does this place have a basement? I mean, that's like a red flag. Like, you're roommate, the first thing is like, I don't really care about room, but do you got a basement? <laughs> exactly. I got and, and projects. Yes. Quotation marks I need yeah, to work on. <laughs> exactly. And he, and he said, didn't you just come back from Europe? Mm, Switzerland. Yeah. Mm. He's so high. He's so high hatty. Exactly. It's great. I mean, it's like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs, like, gets right up to the point of, like, scenery chewing yeah but stops because it just he works so well and they're walking through they go down the basement he goes oh this is ideal and i'm thinking this is not ideal for anything it's a yeah. trash basement yeah it's a crappy basement but he loves it it's great it's great and meg is going i gotta go but dan you guys have a lot to talk about yeah. basically i don't this guy's creeping me out but herbert west He's got cash. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you know what? I got a check and it's post dated. Can you hit <laughs> yeah. me up? But once, like, Dan is just drawn in because, you know, I'm assuming struggling. He's a student. And he's, he's on a student loan. You do know he's on student loan. You know, so, so he, third year medical student. That's at Miskatonic. Yeah. I know that's a that's a hefty. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's Ivy hefty. League. <laughs> that is big time. That is a big deal over there. <laughs> so, but no, once the, it's like one of those things. Once he pulls out the cash, you just see Dan goes, the deal is done done so cash he is king. It. yep oh absolutely <laughs> we're in class in the next day and, and this was like a scene that was cut down a lot of scenes were cut out of this movie and like shortened it's a short movie it, and it hour moves, and 25 it, minutes it moves really fast oh yeah like watching it so many times it was you went whoa like you just know those road mark holy smokes we're like we're near the end yeah doesn't stick around too long there was apparently i guess like the first cut was almost two hours and they're like, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. You know, this, this movie doesn't need to be that long. And and I was like, well, hold on. Is there how much of that is uh, Barbara Crampton being naked? Yeah, you know? exactly. Because <laughs> this is a scene where it's Jeffrey Combs. I always think of this pencil breaking scene. <laughs> the rudest thing you can do. It's not that you break your pencil accidentally. I'm breaking it. Staring. To like stop your concentration as a teacher because yeah. what you're saying is nonsense. And it's this tiny little class. There's like eight people. By the way, all the extras in this movie were people that worked on the movie. Dr. Hill is doing a brain, brain 
exposes yeah. it, talks about the six to 12 minute barrier. Yeah. That's it. But he also mentioned something that I think is the only reason why Dr. Hill's character survives. He said, some people believe that if there's obsessive desire, well, you learn that Dr. Hill, he's obsessing over one person in this movie. There is this whole subplot that we both know about, a lot of people do, where Dr. Hill had this power to mesmerize people. He'd look into their eyes and like he could hypnotize them, kind of control yeah. them a bit. They cut all of that. I think that was a good thing, but... There's remnants left in the movie. You know, that would explain. Otherwise, you're like, well, how did that? You could not go back and reshoot. <laughs> yeah. So you went, we're going to cut that scene out. But wait, this later scene sort of calls yeah. back to that, meh, whatever. Don't worry about it. Whatever. They're going to be distracted by the gore yeah. and Barbara Booms. Crampton. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We got this all solved. This movie solves itself. <laughs> we go to the dinner party at the Halsey house. Megan and Dan, their relationship is really unknown a little bit to her dad. Which is completely surprising. And and we find it like they're they're treated like teenagers. Yeah. And and I think this goes to the writing. These guys write cool set pieces and gore. As far as human relations, they just were sort of eh, stunted. Because if they're medical students, they're not... They're like in their, six, he's a third-year medical yeah. student, so you're in your 20s. Yeah, and you have to be in your mid-20s, unless you were such a genius that you skipped your undergrad. And, and you I went. don't get that from Dan. <laughs> no. I, I think he was just a good student. Yeah. He's going to make a good doctor, yeah. but he's not Doogie Howser. No, no. So these people are in their early to mid-20s, yeah. but they treat them like they're 16. Yeah. But Dr. Hill clearly has a thing for Meg. Yes. It's quite clear at this dinner and, party. And here's the deal. Uncomfortably clear. Yes. I get it. He's creepy. So they're and, having a toast. And even her dad's like, hey, Meg, you know, when you drink up, you can drink. You can drink. And I'm thinking, she's, why I, would you I say? I wouldn't say that to an 18-year-old. Yeah. If you're at my house, I'd be like, yeah, you're old enough to drink in my house. <laughs> Which is why I don't have kids. Yeah. And Dr. <laughs> Hill says, you think it's a good idea, Halsey, that they're dating? And then when they say they need to leave the studies, like, like Hill is like, maybe you should just study here. And I'm like, what? That is so weird. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first, is, do you guys want to stay for a glass of wine? And, and Dan's kind of like, yeah, I like yeah. it. I like a little booze. And yeah. also, I think he's he's like, this could be good for my career. Yeah. You know, grease the wheels a little bit. But yeah, you, you stay here. And he's like, um, we got a lot to do. We, we got a lot to do. This was a scene that was going to go on. This is when Hill was going to hypnotize Halsey. Because later, Halsey reacts in these ways. You're, you're like, whoa, what? what is wrong with this guy? Is he yeah. off his meds? Yeah. And it's because of that. Because Hill's like, mm, I've got to... He, he, she can't be with that appropriate person. She needs to be with me, yeah. the creep. The creep. Because <laughs> Hill ends that scene with a toast. It's a toast to Meg. Barbara Crampton's reaction. Cut to her. It's a reaction shot. And she just looks like like someone just cut the worst fart. She just <laughs> makes this face. Because he does. He, he It is a downright uncomfortable toast. It is. In any setting. This toast has no business being anywhere. She does a great reaction shot of ew. But the dean is like, that seems appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure like sending you off that way, daughter. This guy isn't creepy at all. And by the way, he hasn't been hypnotized yet. Yeah, exactly. So this is him being normal. So we have Meg and Dan back at their place. And they're supposed to be studying, but Dan's trying to get a little nookie from Meg. She's like, listen, can't stand Herbert West. We both have to be put off by it. And Dan's like, eh, he's a little, what's the term he is? Like broken or... Cracked. He's a little cracked. cracked. Cracked, yeah. And her senses are heightened. She's like, by the way, what the heck has happened to Rufus? <laughs> He's always bugging us. He jumped yeah. on your back when we were having sex. She seems 
over preoccupied with Herbert when it really seems like Herbert just moved in and you haven't even seen him. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> she's right. She's right. <laughs> then they go looking for for Rufus and Meg finds Rufus dead in Herbert West's little like I had one of those little ice boxes when I was in. A lot of refrigerators yeah. in this movie. Lot, <laughs> this movie did a lot for the dorm refrigerator yeah. business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> refrigerator is open that's bad that's yeah. bad on herbert not cool what she did because i've lived with cats yeah. if a cat is in a room and the door is closed and that cat wants out yeah. when you open that door that cat's out so she opens the door she goes rufus rufus and then she goes i'm gonna go in here yeah. and snoop around not cool on her part no. Herbert calls her out on it. He's like, hey, you've invaded my privacy. Yeah, and I really think he was right to do that. And then she's like, look in there. Yeah. And Dan looks in, and he's... Actually, I kind of like it, because Herbert's like, I was going to... And he's like, shut up. Yeah. Dan's saying, shut you know, because he found his pet. His explanation is fair. So I but found it dead. Totally wrong. Like it, it, Herbert clearly killed that cat. I'm <laughs> with you, but at the same time, his explanation is, you know... And he said, you could have called me. He's like, oh, really? Yeah, that's... Dan, your your cat's dead. Uh, more later. These are fair responses. But then Dan goes, what the hell is this? He pulls out like jar of glowing. It's like the, the, the glow reagent. stick. Yes. And I think they, they L- used... Luminol. Yeah, and I think they used glow stick, the items in glow sticks to put in that bottle to make it glow like I think that. it's called Luminol. Yeah, is the stuff. <laughs> it looks like, like kryptonite. It's, yes, it's like a glowing greenish yellow. He says, what the hell is this? He's like, that's ah, none of your business. Get out of my room. <laughs> and it is... You go, wait, it is my business. Yeah. Dan's right in that respect because it's it's like, dude, if, if, like, what if you have drugs? You know, yeah. What the hell is this? Herbert says, "Listen, I know you're threatening me, but it'd be really awful if the dean found out that you guys were sleeping together. How would the dean not think they're sleeping together? They're adults and they're <laughs> dating, and they were just at his house. He's like, I'll see you guys later. Like, like I don't understand that threat. And they're like, oh, you're right." We got to keep this quiet. Well, and she has this thing where she's like, when you graduate, we'll get married. Like, we can't be married now because because my dad will know that we're having sex. Again, that relationship is just treated... Yeah, like they're 15. In a a weird way. Yeah, it is. And the threat's like a little... Not believable. But anyways. It works. Yeah, it works. So they're like, ooh, we're going to leave you alone with my dead cat in your fridge. Enjoy. They don't even bury it. Like, if I was Dan, like, I'm going to take my cat out, I would like to bury it. And he's like, you're right, the dead cat's yours. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye, Rufus. One of the most iconic scenes in the whole movie. And honestly, I love this scene. To me, it's a callback to Stuart Garden got his start in theater. Because Dan wakes up to this horrible screeching, walking around. He's got a baseball bat, and he's like, what the hell? And he goes to the basement, which is locked, and is coming from there. He breaks in, falls down the stairs. There's Herbert running around with Rufus on his back, and he's screaming, and he's like, get it off me, and he throws it, and then it goes to this great scene where these two actors, the lighting is awesome, they have to act, there is nothing there, it's just things on strings being pulled, and they're chasing this cat around the basement, it's a great piece of like, you could see that done on a stage. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful, wonderful piece, and then Dan, it's awesome because the cat comes out of nowhere, yeah. like, Meh. The sound effects are out of control. They are. I mean, everything on this. Yeah. This whole. Oh, it's meant to be campy and. Oh, um, this like, this this movie is not like, a serious. You just movie. cut the brake lines and just go downhill. And <laughs> even Roger Ebert 
when if you go back and read the review he wrote for this, he wrote a good review for this. He recommended this movie because he said like this is what a horror campy movie should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to say that maybe even Pauline Kale from the New Yorker yeah. gave it gave it like, and Stuart Garden was like, I didn't know that was happening. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, but no, it is. This movie is over the top. It's got a cool like throwback fifties yeah. vibe feel to it. But it's got the '80s gore and the nudity, and it's there's surprisingly there's no swearing, and it punches like it moves. Oh, there's it, nothing. The, the, the like pacing, like it, the camera work yeah. is kind of fun. It's yeah, this movie. It's, it, they kill the cat, and Dan is standing there looking after he beats the cat, throws it against the yeah. wall, and then he turns to Herbert. He's like, "What the hell?" And Herbert he does this thing. He goes, "He goes, look out, it's moving." Yeah, and, and Dan like freaks out, and then Herbert just laughs. Jeffrey Combs does this maniacal laugh he's a psycho that's right it's like, like that guy's a psychopath this guy's wrong yeah he is guy's wrong in yeah. several levels he's not just cracked like he is insane you don't want him as a roommate yeah but he shows dan his reagent and also dan's like i'm all in i'm gonna be your protege now i will help you <laughs> yeah i will help you. i work in the more and, yeah. and her because herbert's going you can't really do a whole lot more down here and uh you know in your Cat, basement. Cats. Yeah. <laughs> cats, schmats. I think we need to step up the game. If you know what I mean, Daniel. You know, speaking of stepping up the game. Oh, this is fantastic. Black Lock. You liking it? Oh, yeah. Always appreciate every brewery that supports us, you know, whatever little way they do. But it's extra fun for me when I get to go home to the Midwest and then bring stuff back. Because, like, you're not getting this out here. I don't even know if they distribute. Cedar Rapids is roughly an hour or so from Dubuque. Where I grew up. A short drive. I have to go to Cedar Rapids. So, And it's a cool little spot. It's like in an old building down the Cedar River. There was a horrible flooding back there a few years ago. But it's this old building. Uh, there's a restaurant attached to the brewery. It's in like the same, hard to explain, but it's like you can walk from the brewery right into this restaurant. Really nice food. Old brick buildings. I mean, it's up everything oh, back there. Oh, that's nice. Oh, it's very cool. Downtown, they're doing this whole downtown, like, you know, renovation, like reinvestment into the downtown area. It's very cool. And uh, we just, Jane and I happened upon this a few years ago. We were staying by the airport where we had to fly out. We said, well, let's go for a place to eat. And then found this. I, I went, oh, this brewery is right next to the place we're eating. Went in, checked it out. And they're doing some tasty beers. Why the clock house? It's in this historic building. It's like a oh, 100 years or something old. It's a clock house building in downtown Cedar Rapids. Okay. Lots of old brick buildings back there. I think there's a part where, because of earthquakes out here, brick buildings probably would probably loosen all the mortar, is, is my guess. is Because you don't. It's like, you don't it's, see a lot of brick buildings here. Yeah. And you, in basements. <laughs> you know? There's a basement in this movie. <laughs> yes. There, there very much is because it's on the east coast <laughs> even though it was all shot out here yeah like originally they're going to shoot they wanted to shoot it in chicago Stuart gordon had this idea of using yeah. his organic theater yeah. doing all that and then they, they were like oh, let's go out to california yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's People, cut some <laughs> brian usno is like oh, we can come out here and then they were just like staying in a place writing it it's really fun to hear how this movie was made because it was just like figured out Stuart gordon had no idea about directing movies but he did a bang-up job. I mean, the camera work on this is very cool. This is just a fun-paced movie that the guy you just saw, this guy knows what he's doing. I know he's passed away, but when you talk about people who make Lovecraft movies, the name, the first name that you come up with, like, oh, Stuart Gordon. He did From Beyond. He did... Castle um, Freak. Yeah, Castle Freak. Exactly. Dagon. Yep. And then he did, um, was it... Uh, the Masters of Horror, he did... Uh, 
Oh, the, the witch dreams house. in the witch, yeah, witch house. Yeah, exactly. Very so cool. That's the name that you associate with it. Dan is now going to go to Dr. Halsey and Mix sing. The, okay. I'm going to tell Dr. Halsey, Herbert West, genius. And the, this scene makes no sense. Sequence of events. Yeah. You're in the basement. You just found your roommate resurrected a cat. And it was an insane cat. It was just like destructive. And he goes, yeah, I can, I can bring the dead yeah, back to life. I can get behind this. And, and you go, I'm going to help with you. I'm going to help you with this project. I'm going to run to the dean. You can resurrect the dead. It's like so stupid of Dan. It's like, dude, you just told everybody where yeah. I grow weed. Hold, you your, know? Yeah, like, hold your cards <laughs> closer, man. Yeah. And it's so stupid what he does. And Dean Halsey... Again, his reaction is so weird. 180 degrees since the start of the movie, which just started. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, dude. It's like... It's like day two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Dean Halsey just reacts in this way that you go, whoa, this dude's off his meds. Because he's just, oh, I knew this was going to happen. You and Herbert Weston, you're, you're done. You're, I'm taking away your student loan. Yeah, you better and, write me an apology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. And then he's like, and you can tell Herbert West he's no longer a student. He can pursue. I'm like, wait a second. Is that how school works where the deans can just tell us a, a third party, tell that other person they're expelled? <laughs> <laughs> no paperwork. And then he, then he mentions Maggie. He goes, you got my daughter involved in this. <laughs> ding dong dilly, you dang dukes. When you watch it several times like we do, that scene is jarring because it's 180 degrees from the very first scene. Because from the moment we meet him... <laughs> He is just like this gentle, positive, sweet fella, loves his daughter. He's just like happy. He's like, I I just love running a school. Yeah. And it's like, he's just a good guy all around. But, and again, the hypnotizing it subplot. That, completely removed. That's one of those where you watch it, you go, oh, that, that would explain yeah. it. Because he's totally on the side of Hill, which is anti-West. Yeah. And Dan's just going... I made a very, very bad mistake <laughs> by running over here to tell him that we resurrect the dead. <laughs> it's like, go back and trace my steps here. Where did I go wrong? It's like, oh, no, no. Telling him that people could raise the dead, that might have been, like, I might circle that one. <laughs> yeah, somebody, somebody going through his day, he's like, I'm not sure. Maybe I picked the wrong pair of pants. And it's like, I, you don't think it's where you told the dean that you can resurrect the dead. That's not it. So then we go to Melvin. That's what they call him. Melvin the, the reanimated. Okay, is that that's his name? Yeah, if you look in the credits, it's Melvin. Didn't he the body devil for Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger from like Terminator, Terminator you, 2. You, the Terminator first arrives in LA and he's nude. That is not that's not Arnold. That's this guy. I think his name is Peter Kent. But of course, Dan, he takes all of this hard news and he goes, You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna sneak Herbert into the morgue and we're gonna try to resurrect a, a dead body. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you know what? At that point, in for a dime, in for a dollar. Yeah, exactly. I think I've watched a lot of comedies about medical school, and they're always up the hijinks like that. <laughs> Seriously, cheers to that, man. There's some hijinks. <laughs> Young doctors in love, as I can remember. <laughs> but they go down, and of course, I, I, can, I can't remember the guy's name, but the security, the security guard, guard, he's like down there what, reading boudoir, yeah. and, and he's like, what you got? You got my lunch under here? He's like, unless you ordered a meatball <laughs> and so they they go into the morgue herbert's under the thing and they have to find a, a right a good specimen they're going through all these they find one finally it's this guy's really built again he was arnold schwarzenegger's double and why would you choose He's that? not me so herbert west has seen a progression what happens when you reanimate bodies 
you're looking through bodies, you're like, you know what? Let's reanimate the biggest built person here. Well, because they do go through, they're like, here's a meatball. This one's rotten. It has to be all the right things. This one just seemed to drop dead. It's the only one. I mean, that does make sense. I'll yeah. give you that. But the filmmakers were like, we need a giant guy who's yeah. got to knock the door down. I'm not sure exactly why, but Dean Halsey and Meg show up at the hospital. They yeah. choose this time. They're, they go, oh, where is that? They're not supposed to be there. And and he tells Dr. Herod, I'm going down there. Meg stays here. She can't go anywhere. Again, treating her like she's a child. She's in medical school too, right? Because I, I imagine. I don't know if she's a med- she's a but she's an adult. She's an adult. And, and so, she's going to university. And, and Dr. Herod is just basically like, you sit down there, missy. And it just <laughs> looks at her. So, but Meg is like, mm, just sitting there like, I have to sit here. I'm in timeout. And Dean Halsey goes down. Meanwhile, they're like, man, this, this isn't working. But then suddenly Melvin gets up and he's huge and he's violent. It's really creepy. Yeah. This is a bloody, bloody scene. Oh, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> he gets up. He's naked, violent, throwing them around, beating them up. And Dean Halsey walks in. He's, he's going, West, you know, Dan, what's yeah. going on, Dan? And Melvin blows the door yeah. off its hinges. And jumps on the door that <laughs> Halsey, Dean Halsey's underneath. And you hear, like, crunching sounds. You're like, this is not good. No, it's <laughs> this is not good. No, this <laughs> Dan's definitely going to lose his student loan now. <laughs> He was on thin ice before. I mean, this whole thing goes off the rails. Like, it's like our plan went sideways. Yeah, exactly. Again, we resurrected him, but he's now a weirdly strong homicidal maniac. Yes, because I don't care. Like a regular strong guy isn't knocking the door off the hinges like that. But he picks the dean up, throws him around, bites his fingers yeah. off. They're screaming, and this is a new rule I have. Yeah. I think I can't remember who it was. Raymond Chandler who said, "If you show a gun." In the in the first act, you gotta have gun. I think we, I think it's the the story is Raymond Chandler. I think it's actually Anton Chekhov. I forgot who well, actually it, says it. Yeah, yeah. Well, but a famous writer. Yes, a famous writer. If you have a gun in the first act, you gotta have a gun being shot. But yeah. earlier in the movie, we saw a bone saw. Yeah. <laughs> so now as this, this zombie yeah. is just killing Dean Halsey, Herbert grabs the bone saw. And he's like Dan. Yep. Step aside. And he kills the zombie. Dean Halsey is clearly dead. Yeah. He's been thrown around like a rag doll. But he's the freshest specimen they've had. So and so Herbert's like, let's try this again. <laughs> but at the same time, Jason, I will say this. There's that just scientific mind of this is probably the perfect. Although what I would say is, wait, your whole thing is you want to get outside that 6 to 12 minute yeah. barrier. This is not doing that. You're like within <laughs> that barrier. So, I mean, of course, they're like, we inject him. Dean Halsey just as crazy as, comes back. He's not very happy <laughs> about anything. The guard comes back. Everything's just going really poorly for yeah. these boys. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, Robert Sampson does a great job of acting. His daughter comes in, and then they, they come up with this, and, and somehow the guard goes along with all yeah. this. Life. There's a dead body over here with a hole in it. He is the worst security guard. <laughs> I don't know how he maintains his job. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, it's your garden a morgue. Yeah. There shouldn't be a security guard to begin with. It, yeah. seems, it seems like a place in the hospital you want security in the front rather than the morgue. I mean, there's <laughs> there's weird people, Jason. Night of the Creeps. Kids going down. Hijinks. Yeah. Hijinks. <laughs> you leave dead bodies unattended, people are going to do weird stuff. One thing I know about college comedy movies, you leave a dead body, someone's going to go mess around it. I think that's the whole plot of uh, Chud 2. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he 
comes in. The door of the morgue has just been blasted off its hinges. And Herbert goes, Dean Halsey came in. He was really angry. Boy, then he did that. <laughs> and Meg's looking around saying, no, he's, what the heck? He, he was just angry. <laughs> and somehow we cut where Dr. Hill now has Dean Halsey in a padded cell with a window. Like, off his office. Off his office. His office, basically. <laughs> he has an office and there's a viewing window to a padded room. Very weird. He's like, I've always wanted an office like this. You know, I needed a padded cell next to it. <laughs> like, like most people go, ah, you know what would be kind of cool is I could put my drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> so I could just go play drums in a quiet room. But no, this guy's going to put insane people that he lobotomized in there yeah. my assumption because he does he does do that laser brain surgery on halls well let's make the sign over he would like to do exploratory surgery because <laughs> he thinks there's a neurological issue with doctor with uh dean halsey and what i love is, is is she goes yeah and and then he sits on his desk and he's got this model head and he goes so what i'm gonna do is i'm yeah. gonna just bore into his head and do that and she goes yeah oh. <laughs> like well, does anyone do that no. like, like if they came to you and they said, you know, hey, here's your loved one. We're going to do exploratory surgery. By the way, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drill into his skull and just goof around in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think that's see what they do. On. See what's up. <laughs> yeah. But I think they also wanted to show that head for a comedic scene that comes later on. Oh, absolutely. But also, that is, that's something in the story. And that might be the scariest thing of all in this whole movie is when that head <laughs> is on the body. It really is. It's, it just creeps me out. The idea of that body walking around with that fake head is really upsetting to me. And now Hill, two and two together, and he's like, Herbert West has something to do with this. And he goes and confronts Herbert West. And he basically says, I am a stealer. I do like taking other people's material. Show me how you did this. And I'm going to take it over. I'm going to say that I did it. He goes, otherwise, you're going to go to jail. Okay, how are you going to do that exactly? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I, I would almost call that bluff and say, <laughs> yes, you're going to go tell everybody this guy's dead. So what would be a sane response to that? <laughs> and then we'll talk about how the Herbert West response in the movie. Well, I do, I do have to say at one point... <laughs> Just to go back quick, he tries to woo Megan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, another hypnotizing moment where he's telling her, if you ever need anybody, you know, to talk to or to comfort you kind of thing. And you can see he's trying to work his magic on her. And then Dean Halls, he just <laughs> pops up out of nowhere, smashes his head against yeah. the window. It's almost like he's trying to protect his daughter. Yes. Like, I know... Now that I've been in the other side, yeah. I know this guy's a weirdo. There's just weirdos. Meg, you got to get away. Yeah. You got weirdos all around. Miskatonic <laughs> is not the university for you. <laughs> Transfer to Boston. Boston would be a better better city <laughs> for you. SUNY system. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. The logical reaction to me would be to say, hey, you know what, Dr. Hill? Take my discovery. Then I would step back, grab a shovel, and bash the guy over the head, and then cut his head off. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, at that stage of the game, I think that's a completely, what What would you do? <laughs> I would say, Dr. Hill, go pound sand. I didn't do anything with Dean Halsey. Like, prove it. But instead, what does Herbert West do? <laughs> he, he did what I said. Yeah. Which would, which would be my reaction. I'd say, go ahead. And then when he wasn't looking at me, I'd smack him over the head with a shovel. And then I cut his head off with but, that shuffle. And the strange thing is, he killed him with smacking him over the head. But then he's like, you know what? It'd be interesting to see if I could uh, 
reanimate parts. just a, a parts. So parts. I'm going to cut his head off with the shovel. Well, he thinks about the parts after the fact. Yeah. Parts. I've never actually done parts. This was a, a fault in his thing. Was he didn't tie up the yeah. body. He injected the head. He injected the body. It starts messing with the logic of within the film because at first he said you have to inject into the brain. Yeah. So that means technically you should not be able to, the body should not be able to do anything no. without the brain. But it, it just blows itself up all over the place. So he injects the body, injects the head, and then he just sits there. He's tapping the head with a pencil, <laughs> waiting for it to wake up. And he wants to question it. Like yeah. it was Dr. Groove, he's like being all scientific, yeah. not necessarily realizing, A, this guy hates you. B, you killed him and cut off his head. And he's, what's the first thing that the reanimated Dr. Hill says back to him? It's great because he's questioning. He's like, Dr. Hill, what are you? What do you feel? He's, you bastard. <laughs> it's interesting. So this was in the 6 to 12 minutes. But also, I think, he came back because he was obsessive over Meg. Yes. And that's his, his focal point going forward. He comes back as a thinking being. He's the same person. Yeah. He's just now a head <laughs> separated from his body. Which he can still oddly control. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, and also, Jason, it happened in the story. So the body smacks Herbert... Not sure. And even... And, Why does they kill Herbert? And in fact, the thing is, Jeffrey Combs says it in the commentary that I listened to. He's like, why didn't he kill me? Yeah. <laughs> and then Robert Sampson said, well, because there wouldn't be a movie. Then. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the only reason. Because it knocks him out. And then... We're, we're going up to the climax. The climax this movie's movie, yeah. moving along. Yeah. Like, we're, we're getting close to the end now. <laughs> Dan and Megan meet, and apparently this was a much longer scene. So Dan and Meg are having this this moment where where she's like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, God, just got to tell you, your dad's not insane. He's dead. <laughs> not sure how that's going to win her back. No. But, you know, so it's what he has to that's do. That's a relationship ender. <laughs> <laughs> Dan and Meg trying to go, like, I think, figure out what's up, what, up with her yeah. dad. Dan, for whatever reasons, rifling through Hill's files, and he finds probably the creepiest thing because it, it is a you know something you see in the real world is he finds a creep file. Hill has a file in his file cabinet, and it's on Meg, and it's got like a lock of her hair, looks like a skirt, yeah. like from grade school. <laughs> I'm serious. It yeah. really there's like pictures and little articles about her. He's yeah. got this, it's a stalker file. It is so upsetting, <laughs> so upsetting that. He finds that. <laughs> we reach this point now where Dan and Wes are heading to the morgue. Dr. Hill, his head and his body, he is mind controlling Halsey. He's going to send Halsey go out to kidnap Meg, his obsession, and bring her back to the morgue. So everybody's going to end back at the morgue as we come to the climax Which of the movie. Which is sick on so many levels. <laughs> I mean, the dude is sick. Make her dad. Go kidnap your daughter. And then strip so her daughter. I, so I can take her yeah. as my reluctant bride. Because then we get the iconic scene where Halsey walks in with Meg in his arms like Frankenstein and puts her up on, I mean, it's the morgue uh, table. Yeah, gurney. Yeah. And then he strips her down. I mean, so she wakes up, she's she's tied to this table, yeah. and she wakes up, and there's this body with the model head <laughs> standing at her feet, and then to her left is a tray with Dr. Hill's head. Like, ah, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. creepy. And then it starts assaulting her, raping yeah. her, essentially. Yeah. And then she, like, kicks at the, kicks at the body, and the head falls, falls off. off. It's so upsetting. 
Jesus. <laughs> and this is a, this is a point where like you see all of Barbara Crampton in an interview. She says, "I said Stuart Gordon." She's like, "I don't have a problem nudie. You get four seconds." Yeah, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, hats off to her. I mean, because yeah. it's, it's like it's braver than me. Exactly. But it's like it's so upsetting. Like when I was a kid. We were just, because it was the gore, it was yeah. everything that you want as a little kid. Now, it's, it's a different feeling. It, it is. You're it like, oh. Yeah, you're like, well, this is effed up in so many ways. <laughs> exactly. You're not making this scene today. <laughs> and then, he's just a head. So, there's only so many things he can do. <laughs> and he does. And that, apparently, when the guy, whoever was writing, wrote that scene, he thought it was just brilliant because he's like, the head giving head. head. But uh-huh. right before he's able to accomplish that task. Herbert West to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Herbert <which> West, <laughs> superhero. <laughs> well, I mean, and he does. It, it, it is one of those things where, where, where he's like, I am so disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> like, you have this power. You have this, you know, this thing. And, and this is what you're doing. Totally right. It's like you get all this power and you're like, you're basically going around being a creep. What the hell? David Gale, like you know, he's sitting there, he's holding his own head, yeah, and he's like, "I can't believe you'd come here." Saves me the trouble of getting you, but it's kind of stupid. And then all hell breaks loose. Absolutely, <laughs> because they, at first, apparently, they they wanted dozens of zombies, and they went, "Ooh, that costs money," <laughs> so they ended up with six, and it still works because like yeah. all all the bodies get up, they're all under control because he used his little laser because he could put them under his own control. Which is, I guess, how they explain why they're not just... He uses Herbert West's formula to reanimate them, but then he uses his laser plus his mesmerizing technique, yeah. and somehow they're all under his control. And it's just bloody mayhem fighting. He's going to do the same to Herbert West. He's going to basically make Herbert West a zombie slave. Meanwhile, Meg kind of breaks through to her dad. He ends up going, you're going to help my girl. So he goes over, saves Herbert West, screws up Hill's yeah. plan, grabs the head, squishing it. All the bodies can't <laughs> react right. Yeah. All this weird stuff. Honestly, this is where the movie loses me a little bit. Herbert West goes, Dan, you remember I had a theory? Overdose. And he yeah. grabs two big syringes. And he's like, I'm going to jam them into Hill's body. I don't know what the plan was, yeah. but it's like suddenly it starts growing tentacles. Yeah. And there's almost like a portal to another dimension. Yeah, his intestines become alive. Yeah, and like it's, that. yeah. It was like it was, I don't get it. I think it was just they—they they were like, "We got to finish this movie." That part always sort of throws me a little bit. Gets Dan to take his notes and stuff. He's like, "Ah, you know, take Dan. my work. Yeah, move on." <laughs> yeah, and Dan stand on my shoulders. <laughs> exactly. And Dan, of course, he gets you know he gets out, takes Meg and nude dude yeah. with a deformed face, yeah. attacks him, and he's like, "Nah, I'd never fight a naked dude. It's a good rule of thumb." <laughs> and then someone, another dude, gets his arm burn victim. Yeah, guy. gets his hands around Meg's throat and starts choking her. Dan goes, "Ah, I'm gonna run way down the hall and get an axe." <laughs> That's his best solution. It's almost kind of like an airplane moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where, where it's like, I'm going to go run around trying to find... It's like, dude, you could just like... Pull bomb. Beat it. Yeah. yeah. But he gets back. He's too late. He, he stops it, but Meg looks like she's dead. It ends like it begins where Dan is doing CPR compressions on Meg and they can't save her. And Dr. Herod's there. And you think that's the end. However, this time... He's got another option. So he pulls out the reagent. It's a great fade out because it fades to black, but you still see the syringe of this glowing green stuff as he plunges it. And then 
There's a beat, and then Barbara Crampton. Screams. The assumption is that this did not work out. She's back. <laughs> She's back. <laughs> and that's the end. A quick, wonderfully paced movie. Yes. We both recommend this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm assuming most of the people who listen to this podcast... Have seen this movie. Have seen it. I'd love to hear what they think. I love it. This is a great movie. I've never seen any of the sequels. Neither have I. So I know Brian Yoon, he did Bride of the Reanimator. And then there was another sequel, like in the 90s, they made Bride, or I forget what year, and then they made another Early sequel. Early 2000s, yeah. he did one. Yeah. Yep. And, and Bride has Jeffrey Combs and Bruce Abbott back in the roles. Yes, and that covers a couple other sections of the story. story. Okay. I'll stay with this one. This one's campy, B, fast-paced. It's low-budget filmmaking from people like, again, Stuart Gordon came from theater. This is like the first film he directed. I'm pretty sure. Like the first real movie he directed. And he did a great job. Jeffrey Combs, Excellent. deservedly, is, is kind of a legend in B-movies. I'm a huge fan. Recently, Crispin Glover did a, an episode of uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. Okay. And it was Pickman's Model. The and, Guillermo del Toro series on Netflix. Yes. Yeah. It's so much fun. But I was like, I was like, oh... Crispin Glover, he's an actor that is made to like do Lovecraft yeah. characters. But, you know, Jeffrey Combs, spot on. And I think this is our second direct Lovecraft movie. We did the Dungeon Horror. But then we've done Lovecraft-inspired movies like Messiah of Evil. Well, The Haunted Palace. The Haunted Palace. Oh, that's right. This is our third one, The Haunted Palace. Haunted yeah. Palace, Dungeon Horror, Reanimator. Yeah. And then Lovecraft-inspired. Messiah, Messiah of Evil. Evil Dead and Buried. Dead Buried. I would, you know, 100% Clockhouse. Thank you guys so much. This black lager is great. Delicious. It's thank a nice, you for sponsoring. Nice balance of, of malt and sweet. Went great with this movie. <laughs> it did. It's easy drinking. It's still got, you know, got a lot going on for like the beer nerd. But just somebody who's like, I just like drinking beer. It's like, dude, you could totally do this. And I just like watching, you know, gory movies with boobs. It's like, well, I got one for you. <laughs> you know? I think I, I ro- watched a recent Barbara Crampton movie that was Lovecraft-inspired, where what? it was shot in, like, Finland or Norway. I think I watched that one, too. I, I keep thinking The Void, but it's not The Void. Yeah. But well, I, The Void's I know, a good movie. I like that. I'm a fan. <laughs> Again, another Lovecraftian-type movie. Exactly. But, no, um, I know what you're talking about. I think you might have recommended it to me, and I watched it. But, yeah, I mean, she's great. She is. She is she's so funny. It, it was funny to listen to the commentary because you, <laughs> you can kind of feel like uh, she's sitting there watching it with these actors, and it would come up to those scenes, and you could sort of, you could feel that she was, she's like, close your eyes, boys. Yeah. And you could feel that, and she was like, oh. I mean, and I don't blame her. It's like, I don't want to watch myself be naked. Yeah. You know, and especially with other people where I'm like, hey, I'm going to be naked here. Describe what you're feeling in this scene. (laughs) What was your motivation? And they were they were all like super nice and and tasteful. You could just feel it. It seemed like she was. I don't really need to watch this again with these guys, you know. That wraps it up. We had ah, this was a great discussion. Great, great movie. Great beer. Absolutely. Cheers to you, buddy. Cheers to you. This is Beer and Be Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.